Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is Michael Rappaport. You are now listening to a brand new episode of the non-fact-checking I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Today, we are celebrating the 35th year anniversary of the classic film Scarface. Scarface was released 35 years ago this week. The Patriots lost to the Miami Dolphins, and it was all Rob Gronkowski's fault. He gets Aiello'd. I'm doing an episode of the iconic show, The Simpsons. Plus, we have fantastic sick fucks of the week on a brand new big body, hard-hitting, smash-mouth, I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast, Miles Jordan. Let me get something real nice, something real proper to start this puppy off. Oh, hell yes. Hell yes. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. My name is the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. White Mike, a.k.a. The Jake Lamotta of podcasting, a.k.a. the Jeff Ruland of podcasting, a.k.a. the Pusha T of podcasting. And you are now rocking with the best. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, coming live and direct from the Gloom Tomb Studios of Los Angeles, California. And I am cashmered up. It's cashmere season in California. The weather's nice, but it's got a little tiny, and I say tiny. I know a lot of people are all over the world. Some of you are snowed in. Shout out to everybody down in North Carolina and like this weird southern snowstorm. If there's anybody listening to the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, I know it's been scary. People have, people have passed away because of the snowstorm. Um, sending love, sending good thoughts, especially around the holidays. Drive safe. Don't text and drive, even in dry weather. 
Do not text and drive. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I text and drive, and I'm not proud of it. And when I catch myself, I fucking shudder. It's not good. It's not cool. It's not safe, and it's not sexy. Now, listen. It's December, okay? We're in the second week of December. It's, it's, it's here. It's here. December is here. 2019 is around the corner. 2018 is done. I, I can't believe that 2018 is done, but it is finito. I said before, it's coming down to the wire. The 2018 sick fucks of the year are going to be broken down we are starting with the sickest 16 and then we're going to the sweet six and then we have the tough choice the hard choice of picking the sickest fuck of 2018 who will it be what will it be who will walk out as the sickest fuck of 2018 we are still taking submissions shout out to my guy Mike Schaefer, who I call the sick fuck of the week whisperer. Shout out to a guy who's got a knack for finding and sniffing out sick fucks. OG Paul Wall Baby from Houston. Any submissions are welcomed. I see them all. I get them all. I try to communicate with every single person that hits me up in the DMs, that hits I am Rappaport in the DMs of Instagram. You can find me on all social media platforms at Michael Rappaport. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. And I am Rappaport has our own Instagram page with a lot of followers, a lot of activity at I am Rappaport on Twitter at I am Rappaport on Instagram and Facebook. You could DM us. Anything you want, any social, uh, any sick fucks of the week, DM us. And of course, if you want to email us at IamRappaportPodcast at gmail.com. So first of all, first and foremost, I had a game in my money fantasy football league, okay, with a bunch of music industry types. Joe Button, bye-bye, Joe Button, bye fucking bye. Where the fuck are you now? You're ice fishing, Joe. You're fucking ice fishing. You're not fishing in the Everglades of Florida or off the Atlantic coast. You're somewhere in fucking Minnesota ice fishing. Like in the movie Beautiful Girls, you fuck. You got sent the fuck home. In the top of our league, it's murder. Jar fucking rule had a buy in this league. Jar rule. I played a guy who uh, was talking so much shit, talking so out of pocket, calling me, harassing me, texting me, harassing me. I beat his fucking ass, broke his back, stripped him down, kicked his ass, and we made a side bet. I'm not a, I'm not a big fucking side better. We already got enough fucking money in this money league. I'll just call it the quote-unquote Money League, we made a $500 cherry on top bet. I took his fucking money. I made that motherfucker pay me before his last players even played because I had beaten him so bad. I said, give me the fuck. What are you waiting? Russell Wilson isn't going to save the day. Todd Gurley isn't going to save the day. Give me my 500 You fuck you. Give it to me. And he did. He fucking did. He paid up. But no, it doesn't stop there. Phone calls, texts, FaceTime, all over his ass. No Bruno. All over his ass, no Bruno. Harassing. Proudly harassing. You could say, oh, you're harassing me. I go, I am proudly harassing you. In the Stern Show Fantasy Football League, uh, we were on a bye. Uh, This week... Uh, after they 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 fought it out to uh, play uh, the league champion, I believe I play uh, Will Will Murray, who I destroyed a couple of weeks ago, or JD, one of them. It doesn't fucking matter. We're fine tuned. We are a fine tuned winning 
banging, smashing fantasy football team. The name is Rappaport's Delight, a.k.a. There Will Be Blood, a.k.a. A History of Violence, a.k.a. Make It Stop, Make It Stop, a.k.a. Oh, that thing's big. Uh, I will keep you updated. If you have any questions, I told you earlier in the year we weren't going to be uh, consistently doing the fantasy football finals, but if you have any questions, you could also DM me. You could also DM I am Rappaport. The think tank, the fantasy football think tank isn't just me. Of course, I am the senior fantasy football analyst. The Dust Brothers are, they're the fantasy football secret weapon. Okay? Miles Davis, who's Asian, First-time listeners might not know. They may be like, is that his nickname, Miles Davis? No. Actual name is Miles Davis, and he's actually Asian. Jordan Winter, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers, they are the secret weapon of all things I am Rappaport fantasy football. If you have questions, concerns, need a little tip, you need a little advice, you come to us, DM us, email us. Don't, Don't hit me 15 minutes before your game, though. That's one thing that I'm I'm not going to accept. Don't hit me 15 minutes before your fucking game because that means you're not prepared. That means you do not care. Okay? If you don't care, how do you expect me to care? You understand? Hit me at least the night before. At least the night before. Hopefully two nights before. But do not hit me the day of, yo, yo, the game starts in 20 minutes. Uh, Should I start Robert Woods? No. Ignore. I fucking ignore you because you don't care. You don't care. The winners care. Losers hit you 15 minutes before the game. So if you are cramming for a midterm, if you are cramming for a final in algebra, math, uh, geometry, I don't know. I haven't been to school in so long. You know if you're cramming the last night, the last day, the morning of, when you're eating your cereal, trying to eat your waffles trying to figure out what you're going to do for, for your, your, your spelling bee or your trigonometry test, you're not going to pass. Same thing with fantasy football. Don't come crying to me uh, the day of an hour before the game. Real-life football was great this weekend. The Washington Redskins benched that bum Mark Sanchez. They brought out a guy who hadn't thrown a football since 2011. They got their asses kicked by the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley looks like he's going to win the Rookie of the Year. Fuck you, Baker Mayfield. You're good. You're not the Rookie of the Year. You're from Cleveland. You represent the Cleveland Browns. You don't win trophies. I like Baker Mayfield, but you don't win fucking trophies right out of the gate. You got a hem. You got a ha. You motherfuckers got to earn it because we don't know what kind of spells or curses you have on you. Cleveland Browns. The Dallas Cowboys somehow, some way. There was all kinds of calls for the Cowboys, against the Cowboys, the deplorable game. I call that the deplorable bowl. The Dallas Cowboys versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I can't stand either of them. But Zeke Elliott is my number one pick in fantasy football. He's a fucking wrecking ball. Yo, that dude is on some Jim Brown, Earl Campbell shit. Zeke Elliott has been low-key this year. He grew up. He's been, you know, wearing shirts that cover his midriff, minding his business, staying out of trouble, and running the fuck over people. Somehow, someway, the Dallas Cowboys won that game. Dak Prescott had like 17 interceptions, maybe 15. I don't know. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. If you've never listened to the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, we pride ourselves on no fact-checking. We don't fact-check anything. Um, And, of course... The joy and elation moment of the week was the Miami Dolphins who were in Miami facing the New England Patriots. Now, my mom happened to be at that game, and uh, she was uh, texting me the whole time, sending me pictures. She's like, look, I'm on the 28-yard line. I'm like, look, I don't give a fuck. She's sending me pictures the whole game. Mom, I'm watching the game. I I can't see you. She said, look for me in the crowd. I go, you're there with 77,000 people. Okay, I don't, I don't, I'm watching the fucking game, ma. I had to put her on do not disturb on my text. She was texting me the entire fucking game. I should have hooked her up with my guy, Julian Edelman. He would have taken care of her. He would have had her on the field, gave her a Julian Edelman jersey. Uh, But maybe next time, maybe next time, mom. 
I'm watching the game. And really, I don't care. The Miami Dolphins, uh, they were my uh, team when I was young, when I was really, really young, because the first tackle football team that I played on was called the Dolphins, and we had Dolphins helmets. I was like six or seven. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I've, I've softened up for the New England Patriots. I'm expecting them to make a run. They were winning the game. They outplayed the Dolphins. The Dolphins should not have won that game. But somehow, some way, they did some double back, sweet dick Willie, flea flicking shit. At the very last play of the game, some Hail Mary, winging a prayer play, and they won the fucking game. And if you watch the play, the guy who fucked it up, the guy who got his ankles broke, the guy, the last line of defense was everybody loves Rob, Rob Gronkowski. And I was just thinking to myself, what if Danny Aiello had 20 bucks on that game? What would Danny Aiello say to Rob Gronkowski as he let Kenyon Drake run right past them into the end zone and and ruin ruin the entire weekend you big dumb fucking gorilla you baboon motherfucker what the fuck are you doing Gronk tape your fucking ankles up you milk drinking weight lifting gorilla cocksucker I had 20 bucks on this game And you fucked me. You fucked me, Gronk. That's uh, Danny Aiello. Uh, If he had 20 bucks on the New England Patriots-Miami Dolphins game after seeing Kenyon Drake uh, run it into the end zone. Now listen, this sounds crazy. And this is not my information, but New York Giants fans, there is hope. Now, I know it sounds nuts. But somebody put together some sort of mathematical scheme of five things that need to happen and the Giants could, in fact, somehow, some way, make the playoffs. Kiss my ass, Patriots fans. Kiss my ass, Patriots players that might be listening to this. Okay? You know how we do it. You know the fucking Giants will put a fucking spell on you if we somehow, some way, get to the playoffs. Now, these are five things that need to happen for the Giants to somehow, some way, sneak into the playoffs. The Giants, of course, need to win out. The Washington Redskins need to lose two of their last three. That's going to happen. They stink. The Minnesota Vikings need to lose three of the last four. The Packers need to lose one of the last three. The Panthers need to lose two of the last three. The Eagles need to lose two of the last three. The Giants won't make the playoffs if Washington, the Eagles, and the Panthers also finish 8-8. Eight and eight. Anyway, I know it's a long shot. I know it's a long shot. I did not stay up all night crunching numbers to figure this out. Somebody else did. I am just sharing this little glimmer of New York Giants hope that we possibly have to somehow, some way, sliver in to sweet dick ourselves into the playoffs. I'm allowed to hope. I'm allowed to have uh, dreams, okay? Now, listen to me. Every single week, okay? I don't know exactly what days, but some days it's Sundays, some days it's Tuesdays, some days it's Thursdays, but if I'm not there, someone else is doing it. We're working with this app. The app is called Hoffer, H-O-F-R. I am giving away a thousand bucks, sometimes even more, 1,000 bucks in cash prizes a couple of times a week. It's prediction-based. The questions are simple. They're prediction-based. A question could have been, how many receptions will Julian Edelman have in the third quarter of the Patriots-Dolphin games. Zero through one, two through four, five through seven. Simple questions, prediction-based, a thousand bucks in 
cash prizes. I'm the host with the most. You'll see my face. You'll see my pearly whites. Okay? You can download this app. It's free to sign up. There's no cons. There's no hustles. There is no anything. It's very simple. Hoffer, H-O-F-R. Download the app. Hoffer Sports, H-O-F-R-S-P-O-R-T-S. Hoffersports.com forward slash I am Rappaport. I also give shouts out during the broadcast. 10 predictions to win 1G, 1,000 bucks at least three times a week. You'll get alerts. It's easy to play. It's easy to win. I'm on there. Check it out. I am Rappaport Podcast. Excuse me. Excuse me. I don't know if that's... uh, Is that disrespectful to burp on a podcast? Miles Jordan. Is that disrespectful? I said excuse me. I wonder if people... Let me know. Do you think that's disrespectful to burp? I'm having a little ginger. You know why I have ginger? My voice is a little screwy. I could share the bare basics of this. I'm very fucking excited, very proud and privileged to tell you guys this. So, can't say when, I can't say any details or anything. The 30th year of the iconic American classic television show, The Simpsons, is airing right now. The fucking Simpsons. Who doesn't like The Simpsons? They have been on the air for 30 seasons. 3-0, 30 seasons. So I got a call about a year ago. Asking if me, the gringo mandingo, would be interested in being on an episode of The Simpsons. I'm like, duh, where and when? They go, blah, 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 blah. I can't share any details. I go, blah, 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 blah. Lo and behold, a year later, boom. Boom. I just recorded an episode of The Simpsons. I'm on The Simpsons. All I'm going to say about my character on The Simpsons is this. He's disruptive. Eh? Eh? He's disruptive. As you know, the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast is the home, is the birthplace of disruptive behavior. Well, my character on The Simpsons next season, which will be the 31st season, is disruptive. That's all I'm going to say. And it was dope. It was crazy. Because when you record The Simpsons, it's all voice-based. You know, it's all animated. But when you do the actual recording of the lines, you're in a room... With the actress who plays Bart, you know, it's an actress. I'm in there with the actor who plays Homer. And the actor who plays Homer also plays Fat Tony. He plays Vinny. He plays a whole bunch of other characters. The guys that have been with the Simpsons for a long time, a lot of them play multiple characters. Well, me, my first go-round, I played one character. And all I'm going to say, again, is he's disruptive. (laughs) But it was dope. But I just did it this morning. And uh, uh, the instrument, the Golden Pipes. This voice right here, it got a little strained. So I don't know if it sounds strained, uh, but it feels, it feels strained to me. Like I feel a little ha, ah, you know, a little ha ah, ah, in the uh, in my larynx there. Uh, so I hope I hope it's fine. I've been doing a lot of yapping away. I also been uh, plugging away with my stand up comedy. I saw a couple of fans of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. I did three joints again the other night. I did two at the Improv. And another one at the comedy store. That's a lot of comedy to be doing. I did that on Saturday night. I'm going to be doing comedy again Friday and Saturday. I'll be at the Improv on Friday. And then I'll be at this place uh, for a, a benefit, a Christmas benefit, Toys for Tots. There's a toy giveaway at the Ice House in uh, California. And then Saturday night, I'm going to be doing the big three again. And that's it. I'm not doing fucking comedy three times in one night. It's too fucking much. But Saturday night, December 15th, and I don't have the times. Look on the social media. I'll post it all. Saturday night, I'm going to do the improv, the comedy store, and the Laugh Factory again uh, on December 15th. And and it's tough doing it. It's tough doing three in one night. Um, But uh, uh, I enjoy doing it. I just, I can't take on... Three shows in one night. That shit's that shit's tough. But but shout out to all the uh, uh, I Am Rapport Stereo podcast fans that I've seen at the shows who have been uh, 
you know, shouting out uh, stuff while I'm up there. I appreciate the support. Um, and if, you, if you're if you a fan of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast and, and you do come out to the comedy shows after the show or before the show, I, I, I hang out, come over, we take selfies, we say what's up, whatever you want. I'm easy to find. All you got to do is go, yo, dingo, and, and, and I'm there. So uh, last week, we did the first episode of the Rocky Chronicles, which um, got a lot of response from people. I really love doing it. We had actor Paul Shear on here breaking down uh, uh, his thoughts and his opinions on the Rocky movies. I wanted to apologize because I did, uh, when we were recording, you know, we don't fact check. We're going off the cuff. Uh, speaking of cuff, at one point I blanked out on the uh, the names of Rocky's turtles from uh, Rocky, Rocky 1. And they are, in fact, named Cuff and Link. Cuff and Link uh, were the names of his turtles. Uh, a bunch of people uh, corrected me on that and gave me that information, so I appreciate that. I felt shame. I I was embarrassed that that, that I didn't have that information uh, when we were recording, but, you know, uh, so be it. That, uh, that's the nature of not fact-checking. The next episode of the Rocky Chronicles is going to focus on probably uh, uh, one of my favorite characters in all of movie history, Mickey Goldman. Mickey Goldman will be uh, broken down uh, scene for scene in all his Rocky appearances. Mickey, the great Burgess Meredith, the great stickman Burgess Meredith, who played Mickey, he also played the Penguin in the Batman television show. He was in Of Mice and Men. He had a long, long, long career and uh, was infamously, iconically, a fantastic coxman. That's right. If you've never listened to the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, if you've been hiding under a rock for the last four and a half years, Burgess Meredith, the old actor who played Mickey in the Rocky movies, was a fantastic stick man. But we're not going to be talking about his stick man kind of soaring. His stick man graces, we're going to be talking specifically about him in the Rocky movies on the next episode of the Rocky Chronicles. Now, speaking of another great movie, you know, I'm not a big uh, uh, um, anniversary person, but if something uh, strikes me, I, I will shout out an anniversary, especially if it's on a a year that that deems uh, being shout out. Like, I don't do 17-year shout outs. I don't do 11-year shout outs. Like, I like to do, like, like anniversary numbers, like 10-year anniversary, 15-year anniversary, 20-year anniversary, 25th-year anniversary, 30th anniversary, or 35th-year anniversary. And it's crazy. It's nuts that the movie Scarface, the iconic movie Scarface, of course, starring Al Pacino as Tony Montana, a.k.a. Scarface, came out 30 Five years ago this week crazy to me that is nuts to me and the, the wild thing about Scarface is that when it came out it was not a huge commercial success it was not a huge critical success it was actually mocked by critics Pacino's performance was uh, uh, mocked by critics um, the film itself was called Two too violent, campy, over the top, all these things by critics. Lo and behold, 35 years later, who's laughing now? Say hello to my little friend, you dumb fucking critics, you. Sometimes the critics mean shit. Sometimes even audience showing up means shit. That movie exceeded every single expectation imaginable and is a true blue classic. It's still entertaining. It's still suspenseful. It's still funny. And, and it captures a moment in time in Miami when you look at that film, uh, uh, the backdrop of the film, obviously shooting it in Miami, that doesn't exist anymore. It's like watching Taxi Driver when you look at the old uh, Lower East Side and Times Square. Uh, that part of New York doesn't exist anymore. 
I'm not uh, tremendously familiar with Miami, but I know that the Miami that was depicted in Scarface, not the violence, just the backdrop. The whole South Beach, it wasn't even built up. It was like uh, some sort of dreck hole. I remember that from when I was a kid when I would go down there to visit my grandparents that lived in South Beach. It was Jew City. It wasn't all these uh, fans. And I, I'm Jewish. Just so you know, I was like, oh, oh, what'd you say? I'm Jewish. I'm fucking Jewish. I said that. Uh, but the hotels, there was no like, uh, there was no Soho Grand. There was no Denali Hotel. There was none of that fancy shit you see now in Miami Beach. And uh, Pacino's performance... You know, if that movie came out now, you know, people would be uh, would say things like uh, uh, racial uh, stereotypes and cultural appropriation. People would be complaining about cultural appropriation because Al Pacino is half Italian, half Puerto Rican. He's playing a Cuban. Stephen Bauer, who plays Mano, he's white. He ain't Spanish. Uh, he plays Manny. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think she was playing a white girl. Robert Loggia plays Frank Lopez, white or Italian. Robert Loggia is white. He, none of these people are Spanish. People would be up in arms. Omar, the great F. Murray Abraham, who plays Omar. Remember Omar? The one who works for Frank, who winds up fucking hung out of a helicopter. He's Jewish. F. Murray Abraham, great fucking actor. But people would be complaining about that. They would be questioning all of it like they did when it came out. And that's one of the things about accents with actors. Listen, if you're Christian Bale or you're Daniel Day-Lewis or you're, uh, what's her name? The fuck is her name? The fuck is the, 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 Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. If you're Meryl fucking Streep and you can do accents, great. But there's been a lot of great performances by great actors where the accent is flawed. Do you think that Al Pacino's performance, one of the most iconic characters, one of the most iconic villains, he's considered a villain. That's what you call an anti-hero. Talk about a fucking anti-hero. Tony Soprano, anti-hero. Walter White, anti-hero. One of the most successful anti-heroes in all of cinema history is Al Pacino as Tony Montana. But it is a flawed performance when you look at the accent. Nobody talks like Al Pacino's character in Scarface. Nobody. No, no, nobody sounds like that. No Puerto Rican, no Cuban, no, nobody. He made that up. But he's so committed. The emotional life that Pacino brings to Tony Montana is so real. It's so alive. His neuroses. His, his, you want him to succeed. The fans want to see Tony Montana succeed. You, you want to see him uh, reach his dreams. But as far as a performance, technically, it's flawed. But the emotion, uh, um, how committed he was, his, his happiness, of course, his anger, uh, all, all when he was like, you know, whacked out of his tree on that booger sugar. Because a lot of time during the film, Tony Montana is whacked out of his tree on that good booger sugar. But the, this whole thing about accents and accents being perfect, it's an overrated thing. Most actors don't nail an accent. Even Idris Elba on The Wire. If you go back and listen to Idris Elba on The Wire and you know that he's British now, you can kind of hear the British sneak in every now and then. You'll just kind of be like, whoop, 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 whoop. When you first see it, it might have missed it. But then when you're like, he's British and you get to know him a little bit more and he's the suave British dude and he might play James Bond and you go back and listen to The Wire, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa I heard it. But the movie Scarface, which was written by director Oliver Stone, directed by Brian De Palma. Listen, the movie needs no introduction. Everybody has seen fucking Scarface. Of course, it's been quoted by almost every top 25 rapper ever. I mean, you're really not a dope rapper if you've never quoted Scarface in some shape or form. Nas, of course, Jay-Z, his whole first album, his whole first album is Scarfaced Up. Second album, Scarfaced Up, Mob Deep. And of course, from the Ghetto Boys, 
Scarface. The rapper Scarface. And, I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. The amount of rappers that have quoted Scarface and the influence of that movie. Ice Cube, of course. The influence of that movie on hip-hop culture is probably the most influential film in hip-hop culture. By far. And it's definitely the, I would bet, I'll go out on a lamb or a limb. And say that Scarface is definitely the most quoted film in hip-hop culture with nothing else even coming close. I mean, there there's so many quotable lines in that film. Of course, uh, uh, fuck Casper Gomez and fuck the fucking Diaz brothers. Fuck them all. What have they ever done for us? I bury those cockroaches. Great line. Of course, you want to fuck with me? Okay, you want to play rough? Okay, say hello to my little friend. Boom, 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 boom. The world is yours. There's so fly, pelican, fly. I mean, that's a fly. That's a from the Beanuts. They quoted that. What are you looking at? You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you could point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So what, that make you good? You're not good. You just know how to hide, how to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell the truth. I'm going to say this in my accent. In, in, in basic, because this is, this is some man shit. This is some neurotic man shit. What are you looking at? You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. This is the type of shit. That gets you hyped up. You need people like me. You need people like me so you could point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So what does that make you good? You're not good. You just know how to hide it. How to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell the truth. Even when I lie. Great fucking line. That's a great fucking line. Me, I always tell the truth even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Come on. The last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you that. Come on. Make way for the bad guy. There's a bad guy coming through. Better get out of his way. Tony fucking Montana. 35 years since Scarface was released this week. Great fucking movie. Great performance. Fuck the imperfections. It's fantastic. Still entertaining and funny as fuck. I am Rappaport Podcast. So I, I rewatched the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fight. And after much ado about a bunch, I have to say after rewatching the film Saturday night on Showtime, I believe that the initial decision to call that fight a draw was correct. Tyson Fury surely should not have walked away as the winner. And Deontay Wilder, friend, of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, who I wanted to win, surely should not have walked away as the winner. Hence, the decision to make it a draw was correct. Now, some of the judges' scoring was all fucked up. Some of the judges' scoring was an embarrassment. But that fight was, in fact, a draw. That's my opinion. That's my fucking opinion. They're saying a rematch is being ordered immediately. Now, with boxing, immediately means like six months. They're talking about April and May. I, I, listen, I, I know your body has to heal and all that, but, you know, May is a long time away. I guess once it's January, then it's February, March, April. I get, I, you know, and they need to train and all. I guess hype the fight up. I, I don't think the fight needs hype, but, you know, in boxing, I mean, it's not like a, a basketball game. You, you do need to recover and and uh, there's a lot of moving parts to 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 a boxing match. I just know that that second fight is going to be um, very exciting. And now everybody knows Deontay Wilder's name, and everybody knows Tyson's Fury, Tyson Fury's name. And I think people are going to be very excited about it. You know, it's a really dumb debate that I will never participate in. That I keep seeing and hearing people debate in: who's a better person, not a better player. Who's a better person and who's a more likable person? Kevin Durant or LeBron James? 
Who does more, Kevin Durant or LeBron James? This is a dumb fucking discussion. First of all, what do you do, Mr. Discusser? Everybody's sitting there, grown men sitting there talking about what other grown men do or don't do for the community, how much money they donate. I I mean, this is ridiculous. Listen, LeBron James is obviously a very generous, very thoughtful person, okay? But every single thing that LeBron James does, we know about. That doesn't take away from the fact that he does tons of shit. And I guarantee you, I would bet there's probably tons of things that he does that nobody knows about. But the fact that he's probably the most recognizable, famous star in the world right now. And also, listen, he has a plan. He has a plan. He has a long-term plan. He wants to be great. He's a king uh, and all that stuff. But sitting there going, well, he did this. He opened a school in Cleveland and Kevin Durant didn't open a school. Kevin Durant has donated millions of dollars also. The fact that it's even a discussion is ridiculous. The fact that broadcasters on television shows have to sit there and break down and pick sides about which guy is more likable and which guy does more is so dumb. It's so sad. It's so pathetic. Mind your fucking... Worry about what you do. Worry about what the fuck you do. Get out of these guys' pockets. He donated this. He didn't donate that. He opened the school. He donated to college, but he donated to a hurricane. Mind your business. Mind your fucking business, Duke. And you know who else should mind their business? This is a crazy-ass story. CVS, you know the pharmacy? CVS is like the Starbucks of pharmacies. That in Rite Aid. You, you know you're in West Bubblefuck if there's no CVS and or a Rite Aid and or a Starbucks nearby. But an employee at a CVS was fired. He was fired in Greenville, Greenfield, Indiana, Indianapolis. The CVS was being robbed, okay? The CVS was being robbed by a drug addict freak who was trying to get all the Oxycontin and all the drugs, all all the, the pharmaceutical drugs, and an employee tackled this cocksucker, and CVS fired the guy. Because they said you were not allowed to fight back. Our, our employees are not allowed to fight back. The whole thing was caught on surveillance video. And they said that the guy who worked at the CVS didn't follow security procedures and policies. So they fired him. Yo, Duke. Duke, if you come out to L.A., let me take you to dinner, Duke. Homie, you come out to Los Angeles. Zach Phillips from Greenfield, Indiana. Dinner on me, all right? We have some fucking dinner. We Whatever you want to eat, steak, lobster, sushi. Me and the young shooter will take you out to dinner. If I ever make it out to Indianapolis, we're going to find you. I'm sure you'll be employed by that time. I'm sure you'll probably get a good job with a good raise because these fucking people at CVS made a mistake firing you. That's crazy. Around the holiday times? Because he was protecting himself and protecting the other people, protecting the other customers in the CVS. They fired him. Shame on you, CVS. Maybe those CVS people who fired him should be the sick fucks of the week, but they're not. Miles Jordan, please give me the sick fuck of the week theme music. Yes, yes, the beautiful sick fuck of the week. Theme music. The sick fuck of the week is an award that is earned, not given. Is an award that is earned. Oh no, but not given. This goes out to three Sonic employees. You know Sonic, the chain restaurant. They serve chicken burgers and cheeseburgers and all that shit. Three sick fuck employees at a Sonic restaurant in Taylor, Texas were arrested after a family discovered an ecstasy pill wrapped in in their 11-year-old daughter's meal, you sick fucks you. Why was the ecstasy pill in the 11-year-old girl's hamburger? You sick fucks you. Three of them, three sick fucks. It's a three-for-one at Sonic. There is a sick fuck at a Nebraska elementary school. The principal is a sick fuck saying they are banning all things Christmas, specifically candy canes. 
They're saying that the candy cane, this sick fucking principal at Manchester Elementary School issued a ban on candy canes saying that the J in the candy cane, the shape of the candy cane is for Jesus. The red is for the blood of Christ and the white is for the symbol of resurrection. No, it's just a fucking candy cane. It's shaped like that to hang it on the fucking Christmas tree. Don't you know traditions? Parents of students at this elementary school are in an uproar. They wrote letters. They're protesting, yada, yada, yada. And now, of course, you are on the sick fuck of the week list of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Congratulations, Jennifer Sinclair, you. This next guy, I mean, this... This cocksucker looks like he's wearing a Halloween mask. Uh, first of all, he looks like everything and anything you'd ever expect from a sick fuck. Second of all, uh, I think this cocksucker's got the biggest ears ever. Forgetting sick fuck of the week history. This guy might have the biggest ears I've ever seen in my life. And I'm Jewish. I grew up in New York City and my people... Jewish people, Jewish men, particularly when they get old, something happens to their bowls and their ears. The bowls swell up to gigantic proportions, not like, you know, like elephant bowls, but, you know, they get big. Probably all men happen to have this. But our ears get, my father has huge fucking ears. He didn't always have huge ears. His father, ginormous fucking ears like Dumbo. You could fly away on these shits. Well, this sick fuck, in El Paso, Texas, and he ain't Jewish. His name is Arnold White. This guy, 73 years old, he looks like everything you expect from a sick fuck was arrested by the FBI yesterday. He confessed to kidnapping and assaulting and sexually assaulting and drugging 79 kidnappings across Texas, Mexico, and California over a 40-year period just yo there's no jail for somebody like that he would he would drug people he uh he would drug them so bad that they believed that they were abducted by aliens he started kicking that alien shit he would lace them up with lsd and pcp and then he would subdue his victims before approaching them and then putting them in his truck to assault them blah 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 a lot of his victims got away some of them didn't this is a true blue sick fuck and a guy that has to be taken seriously as the sick fuck of 2018. On to the next one. This is caught on a camera, a trail camera, like one of those cameras on a hiking trail in the Czech Republic. Shout out to the young shooter for sending me this one, Dean Collins. A man in an LSD drug haze went into the mountains. These are cameras that are, are there to like uh, get uh, footage of coyotes and mountain lions and shit like that. Well, they saw something, and it wasn't no mountain lion. A sick fuck in the Czech Republic was whacked out of his tree on LSD, crawling around the forest butt-ass naked. And when they apprehended him, he actually thought he was an actual tiger. No, you're not a tiger. But you are a sick fuck of the week. Congratulations. In Cincinnati, a former Miss Kentucky winner. Shout out to my guy Rex Chapman. A former Miss Kentucky winner has been arrested and charged with sending nude photos to a teenage student, Ramsey Burse, who now lives in Charleston, West Virginia, sent obscene photographs of herself to a 15-year-old former student at Andrew Jackson Middle School. Ramsey Burst obviously was a teacher. What's the matter with you? Why are you sending 15-year-old students naked pictures? Lock her up. Lock her up. Because if the shoe was on the other foot and it was a, it was a, a former Mr. America who was 28 named Ramsey, because Ramsey's a, a name that could be used for both sexes, sending pictures to a young 15-year-old girl, we'd say lock him up, give him that good Wonder Bread bag and olive oil treatment, lock him up. In Frederick County, New Mexico, the ASPCA and Animal Control 
got a report of a missing guinea pig. The guinea pig was then found and it had been molested. The molester of the guinea pig is on the loose. People, if you have animals and you live in Frederick County, New Mexico, keep your animals close. There is a sick fuck that is into sexualizing exotic animals. Keep your animals close and your gun closer. Finally, there is a carnival mafia. You know carnivals, traveling carnivals, they show up, they got a couple of rides. You shoot the balloon, all the like, like the bare bones, old school, basic carnivals. Apparently, there is something called the carnival mafia, and I believe that shit. Those people are scary. People that work in carnivals, that run those rides, that sell you the cotton candy and the slushies, and all, they freak me out. I used to take my kids when they were young to a carnival every single summer out in Malibu. I was never comfortable with the people that worked there. Apparently, in Texas, the carnival mafia is hard body karate. A woman who was part of the carnival mafia along with three men that look like sick fucks. One of them is actually regular looking. The other two definitely look like sick fucks. One of them has a bowl haircut. Never a good sign. But a woman and three men were arrested as part of the Carnival Mafia with charges of killing three people on a killing slew. Murder, money, and racketeering is what apparently the Carnival Mafia is into. Be careful when you go to those carnivals. Those people are no fucking joke. They don't just look weird for no reason. Listen, that's it. That's it. That's it. What can I say? What, what more can I give? It's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I gave you every little ounce that I could give on this here I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I told you. I told you. I'll be doing stand-up comedy Friday the 14th at the Improv in Los Angeles. And I'll be at the Ice House. I'm posting all this. And then Saturday, I'm doing the big three comedy clubs in Los Angeles, the Improv, the Comedy Store, and the Laugh Factory. If you go there to check me out, obviously there'll be other comedians as well. I don't know who they're going to be, but they're going to be funny, good. If you see me, if you come out, find me. I'll do my very best to say what's up, meet and greet, whatever. Not formal, but if you see me, what's up? We'll take a picture, give you a pound, and we keep it moving. But I'm doing my thing with the comedy. Listen, see, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast, okay? You know where to find us, okay? Again, if you got questions about fantasy football, do not wait till the last minute to hit us up. I am Rapport on Twitter and on Instagram, at Michael Rapport, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, all of it. Miles, Jordan, take us out of here with something real nice, something real proper. It is the I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. <laughs>